When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 1 of the Box Set Pod. Howell and Jamie here. Lovely to be back. I say that, I've had a fantastic holiday. Uh, if you join us for the first time, it's a podcast that talks TV. Not one TV series, but as many box sets as we can cover in a lifetime. No spoilers, guaranteed, giving you somewhere with some good recommendations on what you should watch next. We ask you, as usual, if you do listen to the podcast, please share it with a couple please. of friends. Who do you know that would like it? Please do share it. Uh, I thank you. So welcome to the Box Set Pod. I had an amazing time in America. I've been over to Hawaii, to LA, to San Diego, to Vegas. I was in San Diego and the Comic-Con was about to begin. I just oh, missed that. Oh, that's uh, in San Diego. Yeah, it? which uh, they had uh, things going on and st- very exciting it was too. Didn't meet any big stars on this holiday, but I did go for a meeting at a Hawaii radio station and uh, that was fun. I ended up on breakfast radio in Hawaii one morning. Check oh, you out. That was fun. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been fun. Thank you for joining us, as ever. Uh, we've got uh, we've been joined by Helen from Empire Magazine today. We've not spoken to her for ages. I think since Christmas. It's been since, a while uh, but since she... our Christmas special starring Luke Evans from The Hobbit. Yes. So she's a fantastic Irish lady mm. who works in the film uh, critic industry. Also, in this season of the box set, we've got a prize to give away. Really? Yeah. Um, I have been sent... Uh, oh, hang on, we've got things to catch up on we've got, it. We've got loads of stuff. Jamie was due to be doing an entourage interview um, the last time I was here. That failed. That didn't happen. It, it wasn't, cancelled. It wasn't Jamie's fault it yeah, got cancelled. Don't blame me. But you did end up doing a mini pod last week of uh, Ray Mears. Ray Mears. Who has done many things. Thoughts feedback. Uh, I listened to it in San Diego and I laughed my head off. Great. Ray sounded like quite a difficult interview there. It was tough to break down the shell of the man. Um, You know, I wish I'd asked him. What? What he were? What's the first thing he'd do in an apocalypse? I can't believe I didn't ask him that. I actually walked I out and was like, what the hell? I don't think it would have worked. Really? He seemed to be... Slightly bemused by you. He was a um, bit... Um, I felt like any moment he, he was going to say, can we do a proper interview now? I mean, you asked him at one point, and <laughs> bear in mind he's plugging American Sniper. Yeah. You asked him, you said he'd done um, work with the British Army. Yeah. And you said, what kind of stuff do you do with them? And he said, that's between me and them. Yeah, which was weird because I, I was told by the company who were... So who, you, you got sent like a The press. PR company yeah. said, oh, by the way, Ray works with the army in this way. So I thought I'll ask him a question so he can big yeah. up his work with yeah. the army. But he was like, he was like I was asking him a, like a, uh, the uh, the size of his... Yeah, well, know, I, 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 got, I got... Um, I, I was intimidated for you. Uh, I would have shied away. I'm glad you did that interview because you then asked him again what he does. 
Well, sometimes I don't realise. He didn't want to talk about it. And then you said, what do you do? Take him into the woods. (laughs) And he went, well, like I say, that's between me and them. Yeah, sometimes I don't realise. Well, you don't need to put it like that. You can say, well, I teach him, obviously, my skills. And I thought it was quite difficult about the the, the Bear grill subject. He was quite touchy about. He wouldn't get into anything. And I thought maybe I was was on dodgy ground there. You were. And he was like, no, it's just a bit of banter. Yeah. He wasn't really in the mood for banter, it seemed. He wanted to get his plugs out of the way for the film, which yes. is a good film, by the way. I didn't mind it's talking about film. the film. It's a very good film. Uh, we also have a number of correspondents. But well done. I'm glad that you got that one and I didn't. That was, that was, that was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, you sent us lots of emails. Also, just the prize that I was mentioning, I have been sent every series of Entourage box set. Really? Yes. Can, can I not have it? I've only watched four uh, series. Absolutely not. I'm trying, to de- I'm trying to decide now whether we should give it away um, straight away or whether it should be something that you get given as I have finished each series. So I'll watch it, and then I'll put a, pop it in the post. You watch you. it, I watch it, they get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's third-hand DVDs. So the question is, how do we give away uh, the box set of uh, Entourage? Would you I like think. to win it? Well, we need to test it. You know what I think it should be? That? I think it should be the best the best email we've got of season in the three series. Yeah. of this podcast. So the terms and conditions are very clear. Let's make this clear now. This is where the terms and conditions lie. The winner is entirely decided by me and Jamie. There is absolutely no legal grounds to have a go at us. It doesn't cost you anything to enter. You can email us, studio at theboxsetpod.com, on anything that we talk about, studio at theboxsetpod.com. And at the end of the series, whatever we subjectively feel is our favourite email, you will win the entire series, Yeah, the ent- every series of Entourage so far. Sounds pretty good. Now, Howell, we've got some emails In to talk the, about. This box set, I'm just worried that like one of them hasn't been released or something but should be every series right yeah so uh, let's get to the emails then and first of all that's Howell blowing his nose yeah uh mr ben hilton uh mm-hmm. has emailed us howell mm-hmm. uh it's, it's titled alfresco pedantry <laughs> now i really want to bring this up because this is this is going to put howell a couple back of weeks ago i had a howell, go at you howell likes to use big words and sometimes he doesn't actually know what those words I think mean if you listen back you use the word alfresco you will find that i said i wasn't actually sure but <laughs> you ben, the word alfresco ben put, it wasn't the only person who pointed out but, how will you use the word alfresco okay so here's the email i'm sure you've been inundated with emails or at least had one from adam yeah, well we haven't actually but i can't resist the chance to shoot down howell trying to be intellectually superior <laughs> to jamie <laughs> by laughing at him for not knowing what alfresco is alfresco howell <laughs> is, di- is dining outside a fresco on the other hand Afresco. is a mural all right so there you were, trying to be all I high and what, mighty. I, at least I got the definition right. I just, it was just the, the two little letters, Al, needed to be missing. Oh, and then it's a fresco, which is a watercolour painted on stone. Yeah, that's what you call being hung by your own petard, Howell. Uh, I, half hung. I was still right that there was something else Ponce. other than fresco. Right, that's what you I get mean, for being Ponce, yeah. I'm sorry. Thanks for pointing that out. Another very long email from Chris Allen. Uh, I'll go okay. into it in a bit of a, a bit of detail. Uh, hello, H&J. I've been listening to the podcast for a few months. I went back to the beginning and I've almost caught up with you two. Two to go. I drive a lot and it means lots of podcasts. Yours have been become a firm favourite. Having said that, you have omitted one bloody big boxer. <laughs> now, he wrote this before he does the last two. Entourage. There have, been, <laughs> there have been eight seasons in the last six weeks mm. and I have binged my way through seven of them. 
I will have all eight under my bell before the film lands at the cinema next week. How can you not have mentioned this dramatic, funny, sexy, glossy, oh so glossy, show? The seasons are made up of 30-minute episodes and the seasons vary in length from 8 to 20 episodes and back again, but the quality never falters. I can't believe that I only came into it 10 years after I began. it began. And worse, I can't believe that you've never mentioned it. I thoroughly recommend it. I'm not certain I'd take it to the space, take it to space with me. But then again, I'm finding that a difficult question as yet. Only Sopranos has made it off the world. Uh, maybe the League of Gentlemen would come along too. Other than that, it's a difficult call. Let's come back to the rest of his email at another point. Because yeah, because he mentions a, a lot of other TV shows. Then he does have another email, though. He yeah. sends one uh, the, a day after that. It's entitled, Oh Bugger. Hello, you <laughs> lovely northern chappies. I have to apologise. I drive to Sheffield this morning for a meeting, and I listen to season two, episode six and seven. Last night I wrote to lambast you for not mentioning Entourage, and you mentioned it in both, along with the pr- with the promise of a related interview. Sorry. Yeah, although the interview didn't happen, so yes, don't yes. feel too bad, Chris. Uh, I think I'm up to date with your podcast now, so this won't happen again. You mentioned Kimmy Schmidt. I uh, let's come on to that yeah. another okay. time okay, as well. We'll come to that. So okay. lots of stuff in there that we're going to come back to in, uh, in that email, Chris. Yeah. Thank you for uh, apologising for your Entourage Thanks, abuse. Chris. But we hadn't mentioned it, and you're right to bring it up, and we did eventually get round to talking about it. There are many, many TV shows that we've still to get round. Well, Chris, this, this podcast is all about recommends, and you have just persuaded me to definitely, before we give that prize away of the box set of all of the Entourage seasons, it's definitely up to seven, it might be eight as well, but I'm definitely going to watch the prize. It will be a used prize by the time you get it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really I might even one? leave some little treats in the boxes. Yeah, you know? they'll be like a... There'll be like little, a tea, sta- a tea a cup of, stain. A bit of crisp, um, things like that, in the prize. Okay, Why don't you just I'll give look it after somebody. It. No, because I want to watch it now. Chris has recommended it. I've got it for free. What am I going to do? Okay. It's in my kitchen at the moment. Fair point. Um, Pam, hi, Helen and Jamie. Just thought you'd want to know that on uh, the week that Steven Spielberg has brought out Jurassic World, the new species of Jurassic dinosaur that my hubby and his brother found has finally gone on display at Cardiff University, oh. Cardiff Museum. I know it's a tenuous thing, but please make mention Nick and Rob Hannigan on the box set pod this week. Pam, that's awesome. That's they, amazing. Let's just recap that. They found they a found. new series of di- a new series. God, a new species of dinosaur. Wow. And it's gone on display at Cardiff Museum. They found a bloody dinosaur. That what have you done with I, your life? How come we've not heard more about this? How I don't know. In the press more. I don't anyway, know. well done, because I didn't know that had happened. Uh, can I go back to the uh, box set news? Have we got time for that before we... Yes, let's do it. Okay, so looking at the news, uh, go to theboxsetpod.com slash news. You'll find it all there. First of all, there were First of all, Arthur Darville from Doctor Who and Broadchurch on the show next week, on the podcast next week. Big news there. Sorry. And uh, a couple of teaser trailers on there. First of all, there's one for Fargo Season 2. It starts this autumn as a teaser, a very, very simple teaser, but it's funny and it works. It's very Coen Brothers-y. Um, the new series heads back to 1979 and an investigation of a local crime gang. It's got It's got... Ted Danson in it. It's got Kirsten Dunst, Nick Offerman from Parks and Recreation. Also, there's a there's a teaser as well for the new series on Netflix. It's called American. Uh, what's it called again? What is it? Wet Hot Summer. 
uh, hot American, American wet hot summer wet hot American summer wet it's hot America hyphen first day of camp and it's got an amazing cast of people in it it's based on the film that was made in 2001 it's got people like uh, Bradley Cooper in it Amy Poehler wow. Paul Rudd Elizabeth Banks what? it's a really it's an eight parter and it's uh, it's going to back in set in the 80s so that looks really good as well I do want to mention as well massively though because Hannibal Season three has started. I've been watching Hannibal. I tried to get into it while we were off, and uh, it's got cancelled. I just found out that NBC are not renewing it for a fourth season. This caused consternation on the web as the Fannibals, Hannibal fans, yeah. kicked off. Yeah. They want to get it renewed. They're trying to get. They've set. They've they've set up a, a petition. Uh, petitioning NBC to start a day and also appealing to Netflix, HBO, Amazon Prime, seeing if they'll get involved and take the show on for a fourth season. There's a good chance that it will get renewed on a different format. That's the that's the word on the street. Right. And I hope it does because in a way when I was watching it, I couldn't believe it was on a network television. Yeah. It's like it's so out there. Is it very good? It's good, Howell. It takes a bit of getting into, to be honest Sarah with you. Sarah put... My wife was on the plane on the way home and she put on the first episode of Walking Dead on her screen. Right, yeah. Because yeah. I've never watched Walking Dead. Looked over while mm. she was watching it in the first, like, couple of minutes. Yeah. Holy cow! I never expected it to be that disgusting. Oh, it's, do you think you that's You can watch bad? this on a plane. Why for four-year-old walking past and <laughs> yeah. sees that? No, it gets, it gets more gory oh than that. Oh, my God! Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know that I'm seriously the last one to this party. I'm aware of that. I've just walked in and exclaimed that there's a thing called Doctor Who. But yeah. uh, honestly, that is hideous. Yeah, it is. It's gruesome. I don't want to watch that. Hannibal is more gruesome than that in a different what way. the flip? But you know what? I'd like to know what people think of the music. The show's music, I'm not going to lie, irritates the hell out of me oh. it, like it's purposely uncomfortable music because what you're watching is uncomfortable i think that's why they're doing it you know like it's, it's well, they're, per- they're missing the it's- point of the juxtaposition what we learned from hannibal the films uh it w- was that if you put on some nice beethoven i wanted some beethoven but you don't you, you get all kinds of stuff you get mallets crashing into each other and weird oh. sounds from exhaust and I don't particularly enjoy the music. I know that it's meant to be visually disturbing and the audio's meant to make you feel as disturbed as the images are, but that, that was one of the things that really got me. The show itself, I think, has got better and better and I genuinely want to see a fourth season, so I hope it gets renewed. That's all the news I've got at the moment, but I would actually like to know, A, first of all, would you what do you think of the music in Hannibal? And B, what do you think of the TV show Sense8? It's been on Netflix. It's only just been out, um, released as binge watcher and i've watched it all now it's by the matrix people that's not what people think of that as well that is all i have for you now i seriously need to deal with game of thrones now that it's finished right yeah oh yeah game of thrones because they, yeah you're a week behind and i feel old. like a person to get on to help us do this is helen uh film critic that we've not had on since christmas she's a classy lady she's a big fan of arthur darvel who's on the podcast next oh, week wow. um uh, I offered her the chance to come on at the same time as Arthur, but she she wasn't keen. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hello. Long Good time no speak. Indeed. How oh. you doing? Yeah, can you remember the last time you were on? No. I believe you'll recall that it's season one, episode four, the Christmas special. Wow. With Luke Luke Evans from The Hobbit was on the same oh, episode right. as you. Yeah. Uh, okay. So like December then. Yep. Yep. That's wow, correct. That is been... where it tends to be when. When Christmas is. And it, it went out on Christmas Eve. How are you? 
I'm all right. How are you? Good. We are. We, if you haven't, if you can't tell, we're already recording, so we're, it's okay, happening. Um, Helen is doing film reviews, and th- that's a description of Helen's life. She is doing film reviews, but. <laughs> I really wanted to get you on because Game of Thrones has finished. We were just talking about yeah. Walking Dead. My wife put it on on the Can plane. Can I just uh, clarify here? Are we going to involve spoilers in this We're bit? going to try not to. No, I, I've already thought about spoil. this. I've already thought about okay. it. Okay. Um, uh, my wife put on Walking Dead on the plane. I couldn't believe how disgusting it was. It made me feel sick. I'm at an age where I like happy endings. I like Chuck. That's my kind of thing. Uh, and right. I went, why do I want to watch Walking Dead? That looks hideous. Game of Thrones. We've gone through a process in the last few podcasts here. We uh-huh. we did one where we kind of slagged it off quite a lot and said it's too long, there's a big problem with this series. Then the next one we apologised because I said, do you know what, I think scene by scene this is an excellent series, it's fantastic. Um, maybe there's some overarching problems, but scene by scene there's some of my favourite scenes because uh-huh. the previous season felt like it was just doing too much soap opera, too I, much I drama. Lo- I loved season and four. And then, lo and behold, we came to the last two episodes of this season five. <laughs> oh, my word. And it was... Exactly what I hated it about was, it was the last one. Devastating. Was too much drama, too much soap opera, and way too much violence. Like I'm watching the, the the gladiatorial fights, and I'm going, "We've seen this a couple of episodes before. It doesn't need to go on this long. Why do we need to watch someone's head being slowly sawn off or whatever? I mean, what's the point? Helen <laughs> makes sense. And then, and then. The yeah. only reason to watch Game of Thrones, in fact, there's two or three reasons, two or three yeah. key characters that haven't been killed yeah. off yet. And let's call a character, let's just call a character uh, Jimmy. Jimmy, let's call him Jimmy, okay? There's a character called Jimmy, could be a man or a yeah. woman, who knows? And this character dies, or at least is stabbed a lot at the end yeah. of this series. And I yeah. went to my wife, I said, well, there is the last reason to watch Game of Thrones. Out the way. Well, Considering that the other reasons to watch had just been blinded as well. And I'm not doing any spoilers. You don't know who this is happening to. Helen, yeah. over to yeah. you. Um, first of all, I'm not sure that particular death you're referring to is permanent. Really? Yes. Well, yes. I've yes. heard it's these like rumours. That, that particular death you're referring to, which is what I'm going to call it, um, happened in the books at the end of the last published book. Oh. And nobody buys it. Ah. So we are now so, up to okay. date with the books. Are we? We've actually overtaken the books as regards a couple of characters already. Right. Um, and are up to date with others. So, yeah, and I think there, there might be a few little bits that are behind the books, but not very many at this point. I'd have to go back and reread. Well, let me ask you this, Helen. How did you feel at the end of season five? Because I felt, I felt <laughs> deflated and flabby. I felt intrigued and excited for the next series just because it'll be the first where I don't know anything that's going to happen. Right. Which is kind of exciting. Does it bother you? Um... Did they need to squash so much into that series? Or, or, or I mean, I think they much? squashed it all into the last two episodes, really, maybe three, mm. I guess. Um, but I think it's, it's kind of interesting just how negative they went at the end there. But at the same time, they did set up a couple of threads that were actually quite hopeful. Like when that one character that we like met the other character that we like. Yes, I know finally, the bit you're talking about. And those two started working together. Yes. You're like, um, all right, I'm um, done with that. That's got to be good. The ones that took a great leap. No, no, the other ones. Mm, no, the other ones. Oh, yes, okay. Little and large. 
<laughs> oh, how are you really bad at this? Little and large. Um, and, uh, that was a great code. So little and large met up. That was oh. good. And um, and the other two took a great leap. That's yeah. got some promise to it as well. It does, yeah. Presumably there's a moat or a snowdrift or something beneath <laughs> where they leaped. Yes, yeah. One would hope. Yeah, definitely. I um, think the problem is, like, I found with this series is that... Um, I didn't get as much... Like, I've always found with Game of Thrones, it's been escapist and I've really enjoyed going on the journey, even when mm. you've had episodes where there's been, like, massacres because yeah. I've been through it <laughs> with fun. them. But I don't know what it is about this series. I've felt, like, a little bit, like, I've, it's been more downbeat and I've been less, kind of, coming away from it in this wonderful world. I'm, I'm more, kind of... I feel more negative about it than I ever have before, and I don't know if that's just because it was a downbeat ending. Um, mm. I think it probably is the ending, a little bit. Do but, you have any problem I mean, with this series? I didn't think it was as good as last series. I feel the okay. closer, I really didn't. But I, I did think it ended strong. Um, and I felt like there was real progress for a lot of the characters because I feel like we've only got two seasons left. There's a bajillion and a half characters. Yeah, so is and, it really only two more do, seasons? That, that's the plan anyway, yeah, seven seasons. And they need to start moving. They need to start getting people into position because... The big question is not who's on the throne at, at the end. The, the big question is the White Walkers. Yeah. And it seems like they have done this in order to have 15 series. That's the pace that it's gone. No. Right, that's what I thought. I thought they must be doing I know. I heard, that it, and I heard it's seven as well. But but that that is kind of the pace that it's rolled on at. It's like oh, we, we've gone off on so many tangents and we spend so long, like with Ayer in this temple and stuff, it, yeah. we spend so long on certain sequences that that's lovely and delicious in some ways and you can enjoy those things like I was saying about enjoying scene by scene. Um, but it but it feels like the plot is almost like lost. The plot is being diverted constantly from the, from the easiest path um, and you'd need yeah, a lot I mean... more than two series to wrap it up. I mean, well, you are beginning to move pieces into position, I think. The mm. little and large getting together is a piece in position. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And that's going to help. Um, you know, Jamie coming back from the place that he went to, that's mm. going to help. Yes. Um, Cersei even having done what she did is going to help. It's going to help move things along. So yeah. I've just got to hope that they, they have a plan and that, well, frankly, George R. R. Martin has shared enough with them that they can finish this off with that. Yeah. Because uh, that's the thing, isn't it? I, I because George is not going to finish these books in time. No. <laughs> well, it's going to be. It's really weird if you think about it. We're going to have two official canonical versions of this story. Yeah. yeah. You know. Which is a great word, canonical. Mm, isn't it? It's fun. I thought that was a flask from science. <laughs> um, and yet, the canonicals. Um, I think this is a great thing. It, it, originally, you think, oh, uh, the TV series overtaking it must be a bad thing. But actually, if I was George, it'd be like, this is a great selling point because people people want to see the fleshed out version. Um, yeah, and also he may go off in a slightly different way. I mean, I think they have talked through with him what his plan is to finish it off. So they're going to be they're working from the same hymn sheet to begin with. Right. But there are huge differences. A, a different person married Ramsay Bolton in the books, for example. Really? That's a whole different story. Ah, right. Yeah, and it's, so there, there's a there lot are of significant changes. Does that bother you? Because a lot of uh, the fans of the book kicked off that it was uh, it was taking a different direction. Some of the storylines, especially the Ramsay Bolton one, did that mm -hmm. bother you, or was it not something that bothered you? 
I'm, I'm, I'm not that hooked to his story in particular. He's awful. He's awful. So, I just, <laughs> yeah. Like, stop killing the wrong people. Give us something. That's my thing. It's like, give us, uh, especially with um, whatever the name of the man is we made up that died at the end of the last one. Um, I, I just feel, um, I feel like I can take so much misery and yet, mm. and it's just battering me down. I like, oh, yeah. God, put Chuck on. And then I put Kimmy Schmidt on. <laughs> Have you been watching Kimmy Schmidt? Yeah, Kimmy Schmidt I liked. What a great TV series. <laughs> yes. huh? I've also, um, The Flash is very feel-good as well, while while having some drama in there. The yeah, we've um, heard The Flash is good, yeah. Yeah, it's been, that's been fun. I haven't watched Arrow, full disclosure, which I realise I should have done to watch Can I ask you if you've watched uh, Sense8 on Netflix? I have. Did you like it? I really liked it. Yeah, Wasn't I did, good? even though... Kind of nothing happens for large stretches yeah. of it. But yeah, I still absolutely. really enjoyed it. It's really good. Really good idea. It's a, like the film, The Cloud Atlas, that they did, which is yeah. based on the book. But um, they, they, they they work better than Wachowski's when they're given more like space to actually just enjoy their world because their yeah. worlds are fun to be in a lot of the time. It's also kind of ironic that that is a big budget, you know, sci-fi series yeah. because it's a sci-fi series that involves almost no special effects. Yeah, that's and true, you, actually. You know... Yeah. And you could have done that probably for a bit less money. It's mm. quite impressive. No, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the ones I enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've started watching The Good Wife as well. I've watched The Good Wife. I have just finished The Good Wife, or at least up to the end of season five. I heard that gets um, extremely good. Very, very good indeed. The only thing I think about that is, you know, it's, it, the idea is it's lawyers in Chicago. She joins this law firm. They seem to be the most boring law firm in Chicago because all the lawyers they go up against are so funny. And fascinating. What's, and which one's this? Quite sensible. The Good Wife. The, the Good, good wife. wife. I was just trying to find an email. Someone mentioned The Good Wife, didn't they, on the, on email? Uh, yeah, um, did. Uh, what's his name? Who was it? Was it Chris? Was it Chris? Yeah, it was it? Howell. Chris also says, uh, you mentioned Kimmy Schmidt. I thought this was very silly and unfunny, says Chris. I, it was no wonder the larger networks turned it down when Tina Fey first wrote it. And yes, I love 30 Rock, The Office, Parks and Rec, and other similar comedies. Um so there you go, hey? not, no, not everybody's. Harsh. But did you, Chris, give it the four episodes? That's the question. Chuck, I watched season one on Howell's recommendation. It wasn't dated as I expected from your comments. It was fun for a while, but I won't be going back for season two. Each episode was the same. Yeah, each episode does follow a similar thing, but I tell you what, Chuck, if you go for the whole haul, you'll love it. Did you watch Chuck, Helen? I did. I love him. I think oh, he's great. Me too. So, um, and did you watch every series of Chuck? Um, I may have slightly lost interest in the last series. Yeah. <laughs> well, you honest. need Helen. It's it's in my book. But I did see them. It's in my book. It's the best ending that's ever been done. So skip, yeah. may, well, maybe skip to the last bit. Well, so the best ending that's ever been done is Quantum Leap. Oh, oh. you know what? That's interesting because I've never seen. I don't think I ever watched the end. It's almost oh, like you've been listening to this podcast, which you definitely haven't. Um, that's that was what we <laughs> recommended yeah. uh, to a guy not long ago. To well, Jack. We, we were talking about the best endings, and one of them being Mad Men. Did you watch the ending of Mad I Men? I haven't yet. No, I'm <gasps> way behind on Mad Men. Holy oh, smokes! It's a. It, you know what? I uh, majority of people will probably agree, but there'll be some who will be indifferent. But I genuinely really enjoyed the last episode of Mad Men. And I, it makes me want. I think a, a show that's, uh-huh. that has a good ending should make you want to go back and watch it again. Yeah. And that's why Mad Men's good is because you watch it and you go, "I want to go through it all again. I want to. Yeah. I want to get to that point again." And uh, it's worth it. Which is why I actually think Sopranos is a good ending because I went back and watched it again. Okay, that's fair. I suppose. I think. 
I felt the same way a bit about Battlestar Galactica, although that's one of the more you know controversial endings out there because a lot of people hate it. Really? Uh, but it did make me want to watch the whole thing again. The worst ending I've seen of a TV show has to be True Blood. It's just the oh, yeah. most terrible. It's the laziest, most like, we don't care anymore. <laughs> Let's all sit down and have a meal. That was basically the ending, which is, it was just awful. I just want to say sorry to John for not reading any of your e- email out yet. We've missed that one. There's a whole one of them as well. Yeah, we'll um, but it. let's just go back to Game of Thrones for a moment. John is watching that currently along with Walking Dead and uh, Bones. D- uh, back to that. And endings. The one thing mm-hmm. that is sure is that no matter what the merits or perils of going away from the book is, it's going to make making the ending really good more difficult, I think. Like the writing has to be really superb. You haven't, you won't have the source material to make the ending really uh, uh, killer. And can mm. you imagine? You know, maybe maybe one of the reasons we're criticising this series is that the quality of it is so great that we hold it to much higher standards oh, definitely. than we would have. That's probably things. true, yeah. It's very true. Uh, well, the, can you imagine how it's going to kick off when Game of Thrones finally finishes? <laughs> People, whatever happens, people are going to be up in arms. Well, that's I it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think some shows are doomed to have a bad ending. Like I, I look at The Walking Dead and I watch that and I think there's no way, if it ever ends anyway, because it's too successful to end, but if it does end, how are they ever going to make this a happy, a good ending? This is, there's no good ending to this. Well, I mean, George R. R. Martin has said in the past that he says, sees the ending as a bleak wasteland with basically a bunch of headstones. Jesus oh, Christ, um, no. no I'm not sure him. they're going to do that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's actually where he's going. I think he's messing with us. But there is that risk. So, oh. I, I mean, weird, let's... a happy ending, certainly. I yeah. think that he's a messed up man. That's just my opinion. <laughs> I think that he's got some serious issues and we're going to find out one day there's going to be some story that comes out in the press and we're all going to have to deal with the fact it's going to be a... No, I won't say anymore. (laughs) But it's going to be difficult to marry our love of the series with our love of the man. You know what? I think he's probably the nicest man in the world and he gets like all of his negative impulses. Like Michael Jackson. No. Nicer. A little bit less weird. Wow. No, you're right, you're right. I mean, he's an excellent writer. You can't be that good at writing, surely. Um, but, but my point is that he he really does know how to delve into the dramatic in terms of uh, horror and gore, and I just worry that he enjoys that stuff a bit too much, the sex and the mm. violence. I never thought I'd be saying things like that in my life, ever. Too but it much is, sex. It's just <laughs> too much violence. And anyway. violence. Helen, tell us, what are you up to at the moment? And either what you're watching or what can you tell us we've just talked at you a lot (laughs) (laughs) have Um, you been to a comic con recently i was in san diego last week i thought of you oh san diego is coming up and do you know what it's the same weekend i'm at a friend's wedding and i'm a bridesmaid so i can't miss it oh selfish cow whoever that is i mean i I do actually feel this is three years in a row that somebody has had a wedding in comic con weekend and i feel like sending a letter to all my nearest and dearest going, just so you know, in future, if you schedule it for Comic-Con, I'm not going to come. Please don't. Where do you, where do you stay when yeah. you're in San Diego? Um, well, Empire were usually the ones paying for me, so I'd stay wherever was cheapest. Yeah, but where yeah. are you going to stay now? Oh, no, you're not going. Well, I'm not going to go. Um, yeah. Well, I can recommend oh. the Hotel Palomar in San Diego. 
is phenomenal, especially if you get upgraded for free oh. to a Skyline View room. It's just near the, it's in the gas lamp quarter. You could walk down to the Comic Con within ten minutes walk. It's oh, yeah, it's I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that Empire wouldn't send us there. <laughs> um, but I've been I was in Edinburgh at the International Film Festival, not quite so sunny and glamorous, but not far off. Yeah, um, and I saw Inside Out. Ah. Oh yeah, the Pixar film. Yes, and I cannot recommend it highly enough. Oh, really, they've done so well recently, Disney, haven't they? The um, yeah. Big Hero Six, I just thought, was brilliant. Oh, great. Uh, Inside Out was exponentially better. I loved it in Big Hero Six, but this is this is an extraordinary film. It's a film that the kids were watching, they got, they liked, they were entertained throughout. They understood what was happening. The adults are watching an entirely different film at the same time. Yeah. All about, you know, how your emotions work and what happens when you have certain emotions and what's going on in your head, basically. It's an incredibly smart film. Like, to an extent I've never seen before. Really? How do Pixar keep... I mean, the guys there are insanely good. Pixar, Disney. Disney, yeah. Sorry, Disney Pixar. Forget Pixar, Disney. Pixar. Disney. Just Pixar. forget Disney because let's No, because let's be it's honest. important. If, no, no, it isn't. It because is. if Disney wasn't there, Pixar would still be making nah, films. Nah, now not necessarily. That's, uh, no, that's not true. Yeah, I, I agree. No, smart. Jamie, both of us say you're wrong. So oh, fact. balls. Helen, do you want to explain? Well, I mean, Pixar were independent of Disney yeah. and uh, were doing pretty well on their own and had Steve Jobs behind them. So if they hadn't made the deal with Disney, which was obviously a good fit, then, you know, he probably could have just arranged for them to get their distribution anyway. And yeah. then the quality of their work would have shone through. But it makes a lot of sense. For oh, sorry, you were signing with Jamie, not with me. Am I? Were you? Are you saying that Pixar don't need Disney? I'm saying that Pixar is a different thing from Disney. If anything, yes. Disney needs Pixar. They bought Pixar yeah. to get John Lasseter to take over Disney as well. I'm saying. Yeah, that's why I agree that, with you. That, totally. I, I disagree with you. Uh, I think that's true. I think their work would still shine through. But I think that the the ability to have the size of that corporation involved and the experience in that corporation. It, it wouldn't have worked if John Lasseter wasn't made chief. Like, he needed to be chief. But the part of the reason why the quality's been so high in both Disney and Pixar stuff of late is apparently that they send it through so many people, not suits, but through other writers, oh, but that, animators. But that's Pixar's, that's yeah. Pixar's method that's been op- adopted by Disney that exactly. John Lasseter brought with him. Yeah, the, well, the, well, hang on a minute. Pixar because when the, they made the key here, you, Disney are just uh, no, riding on no, the back of Pixar. No, when they <laughs> when they first did Toy Story, that was yeah. with Disney. They had to go to Disney with with script runs and stuff. Yeah, right? they did. Yeah, and, but, they, but they ignored a lot of what Disney told them. Oh, but they did a lot of it as well. Like it was in yeah, a shoddy state when they first got Katzenberg it. Katzenberg was basically trying to make it a teen movie for a long time and give it darkness and edge. Yes, you're right. But my point is that the process was incredibly useful for them. It's just that um, Katzenberg, whatever he's called, needed to be swapped with Lasseter for make it... uh, Oh, let's be honest here. Pixar have shown... Lasseter taking over Disney, but Lasseter was always in charge of Pixar. Pixar have shown Disney Disney is is Lasseter. Lasseter is Disney. Pixar shows... Tell him. Tell him. I have been to both... Studios, yes. And since Pixar was bought by Disney and Laster went to take over Disney Animation, yeah. 
the Disney animation, the, the building was literally redesigned along Pixar lines. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. What, you see what we're saying here, how well, still Pixar getting... is making Disney what it is today, <laughs> not Disney making Pixar. It's the Pixar influence that's everything. I mean, uh, listen, there is, listen, there is a little bit, right? To, to be fair, there is a bit of crossover. I'm really enjoying this guy. There Jamie. is a bit of crossover because Lasseter trained at Disney. Yeah. Um, yeah, he got he, kicked he, out. But, but wait for it. He admires the way that Disney used to be. And he brought that to Pixar, refined it, and then that went to Disney. Exactly, but there but is that's you, not pure Disney. No, 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 it's not. But it that well, it is because that's what it is now. Lasseter is Disney let now. Me say, let me and say. all I'm saying is what he he He's still also Pixar. But by them merging, he had access to a bank account that was probably twenty times bigger than the bank but account no, that he no, had access not, to, even with Steve the Jobs. Works. They don't, he doesn't get to funnel money into Pixar. No, but he gets it's the like power, the he gets the you know, weight since, of... Since Disney have bought Pixar, Pixar's made many more sequels than they did before. They've been under pressure to deliver those sequels. Uh, so Yeah, but he's still got the weight of a multi-multi-billion dollar thing, which Steve Jobs is fine with his back pocket, but it's not like that they could afford... Uh, luxuries. Now they've got Have the you two been to things. The building? It's gorgeous. Yeah, but he, all I'm saying is <laughs> the two together is surely more powerful than the one on its own. Surely. What, no, what it was saying, a great what, what move. What we're saying, Howell, is Disney aren't part of this. It's Pixar making these brilliant yeah, films. Yeah, this, this is a Pixar movie. Disney has nothing to do with it. Take that. Out. I believe it's called Disney Pixar. <laughs> so uh, it think, is like, what there it isn't, is. There isn't. The, the Pixar Brain Trust doesn't have Disney filmmakers. The Disney Brain Trust doesn't have Pixar filmmakers. Apart from John Lasseter, who's in charge of both. But he's wearing different hats. Yeah. And let me say this. If I had a choice between watching a Pixar film and a Disney film, I'd go Pixar 10 times out of 10. Well, of course. Oh, do you but... say that as well, Harold? <laughs> well, yes. I mean, fundamentally, I don't disagree with most of what you're saying. What I'm saying is that it benefited them to join. So being together... But having John Lasseter in charge of both adds weight to both. And, and and Disney benefited more from that because they were in a crap state, uh, but it benefits both. Not just I mean, I think it benefits Disney more, I'll be honest. I, I'm not sure how... I mean, Pixar already had a deal with Disney. I'm not sure how being owned by Disney really helps. Mm, yeah. Well, sure, I, guess yeah, yeah. I think the promotional power, the levels of... I mean, I think it's good for Disney. Yeah, but they already Dis- had that through the distribution deal. I think it's good for Disney that they had John Lasseter joined them. I think that was a good thing, yeah. and I'm glad that Disney got someone like him in charge. But mm. Disney really haven't given much to Pixar other than a couple of quid here and there. But I mean, there so we go. what do you think the ending will be like of Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, brilliant! So Inside Out, the film to watch, is it? Helen? Inside Out is the film to watch, although it's not out until the end of July. And um, before then, we have to endure the uh, the run of like the, the the possibly disappointing likes of Ted Two and Terminator Genesis. Yeah, they so look awful. Even Ted Two didn't really. Have, I mean, I, actually, I wasn't massively uh, enamoured with the first Ted, but I uh, I watched it at the cinema and I did laugh a bit. But um, what about Star Wars? Have we heard about the new Star Wars film, Helen? Nothing. They've still got that pretty locked up tight. I'm I'm still very optimistic. Obviously, I've been watching all the trailers and that kind of stuff, but yeah. that's about all I can say. Mm-hmm. Um, Arthur Darville on the uh, Arthur Darville yeah. on the show next week. You a bit are you a fan? Uh, yes, I am. Liked him very much in uh, Doctor Who, obviously, and then I saw him on stage a couple of years ago. And he was very good there as well. There you go. There you go. Uh, it's very exciting. We'll have to get you on again, Helen, to talk about uh, all the latest uh, films and TV stuff because um... have you seen the new Jurassic Park? 
Yeah. Well, dear. It did really well, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It did hugely well. Absolutely. Half a million dollar, half a billion dollars worldwide in its opening weekend. Um, Is it out in the UK? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's been boxed up for two weeks now. I'll tell you what I watched while I was up. Hang on, what did you think of it? I wasn't a huge fan. Why? Um, well, there's some good dinosaur reaction scenes, but I think the script is uh, stupid, and the characters are not characters. Oh, oh okay. dear. Yeah. Harsh yeah. words. But why do you think it did so well, then? Just because it's got the, 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 the novelty effect. It's got effect, dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, it's got dinosaurs. I watched Spy. Have you seen Spy, Helen? Yes, I have. I found it amusing. It, I really like I thought Jason Statham was absolutely hilarious. He was hilarious, it? yeah. I think I think we've perhaps been underestimating how funny he can be. Yeah. Mm. I I'll mean, tell you what I watched on the plane, Helen. Yeah. Is, I was thinking of you with this as well. If that conversation about Disney didn't annoy you. I watched Annie <laughs> the remake. Oh, my goodness. I haven't seen that. It got universally got panned. panned by the yeah. critics. I love. I was crying in the first minute. Right, and which says more about me. Um, it's got serious. It's got one serious problem, and that is the stakes don't ride high. Cameron Diaz is a good singer, but she's she plays Miss Hannigan, and mm. she plays it like she's um, like she's play acting with children. Do you know what I mean? It's right, like, oh, yeah. I'm a nasty person. Oh, girls, almost like they're all about to start laughing with each other, and and so what you've got is this. Um, I, I I don't want to say that there was some institutional racism going on in the reviews, but the music is very um, it's 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 really really good. I can see why Jay Z produced it, and the music's been done there with Sia and a load of other people. But it's a real kind of pop song version of Annie, and right. so I wonder whether the the white middle aged middle class. Um, reviewers perhaps when this this isn't good music i think it's excellent music having worked in pop for a while loved it but the stakes aren't high enough at the beginning so cameron diaz isn't scary enough that it's, it's not as scary but actually it's a really sweet really nice remake of uh of of, of annie of quite a twee musical you know so you can criticize it for being twee but it's actually quite good yeah, okay. Well, I, I do it. kind of mean to say it, say it, so I can't really say anything. What else did I watch on the uh, plane? Like, can I ask you quickly, Helen, about Entourage? Have you seen the Entourage film? I have, yeah. Now, it's been getting massive, like, criticism for being uh, misogynist. Yeah. What's your thoughts? It is. Yeah, but isn't... I mean, I heard an interview with Emmanuel Circus, one of the main characters in it, and yeah. she was made a really good point that, that that is the world that this is set in. That is, is a very misogynist world that they live in. No, you can no, you can portray misogynist attitudes without yourself being misogynist. All you have to do is make the women characters. Yeah. So you can, by all means, have if if their reality is young women throw themselves at them all the time, that's fine. But give us some balance because that's not every woman in the world, actually. And um, why do and, they have a duty to represent every woman in the world? Is, I'm not saying they have to represent every woman in the world. Don't be silly, but well, you know, you it's not—it's not their reality that every woman does this. It's their reality that a lot of women do this, and her character is meant to actually be a balance to that. She's meant to be someone who they're actually in a relationship with, or he is, and actually has feelings for as a person. Mm. She's not just meant to be flesh, and yet she has no character either. No, right, okay. right. Well, yeah. I, I so, agree with that. And every single woman in there is like that. Ari's wife, all of them, they're not characters. You just need one or two moments to kind of put all this in perspective, and they don't get that. So what, and they don't even mm. try. Did you watch the TV series, Helen? 
A little bit, not all of it. See, I thought uh, in the TV series, maybe it was more apparent. There was a, there was a bit more fleshed out the theme, the, uh, the female characters, like Emmanuel. I felt like Emmanuel Serk's character and Harry Gold's wife were a bit more fleshed out. And there was another. I think that's probably true, and they weren't in the film. Yeah, and maybe that's because it's a TV show as well, because there's there's almost a little bit of an assumption that people are knowing this world, knowing these people, so they don't have to they don't have to sort of stamp the the characters. Identity. Yeah, but, I mean, even the character... It's just a bad film as well. Even really? the characters themselves don't get any character. I mean, Vinny has no arc in this film whatsoever. Mm. His arc is he he's a first-time director for essentially a vanity project, and he makes a really good film. Well, who cares? <laughs> oh, where's, where's the drama there? Like, yeah. it's, it's awful. Wow. There you go, Entourage. It's like I didn't interview anyone from it. <laughs> Which I thought was a nice film, uh, Helen, that I watched on the plane. Mm-hmm. The Judge, starring Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Did you see that? It's, it's, got some, it's got a good heart, that film. I don't think it quite works as a film. It tries to tell about three or four different stories and, and kind of shortchanges all of them, I think. Oh, do you? A little bit. Yeah, I mean, good performances, oh. but I didn't think it worked terribly well as a film. I didn't feel like that. It reminded me of one of... It reminded me of, like, a 90s uh, film that you might watch on TV. Yeah, it's very old Like a Richard Gere-type film or something. It had a, <laughs> had a nice little um, world to it, but... Pretty Woman? No. Mm. Um... But yeah, maybe. Okay, good, good. Um, and lastly, I want to mention to you Whiplash, Helen. Have you seen Whiplash? Yeah, I have. That's oh my film. god! I I watched it. And I was like, it's the most one of those intense films I've watched in a long time. And I came away thinking, I can't believe they didn't win more awards because I mean, J.K. Simmons is brilliant, but I thought yeah. um, Miles Teller was. I just it's he just one of those films. That last fifteen minutes, were, I just couldn't. I could not like turn away from what I was watching it was amazing I thought it was really really good yeah no it's brilliantly put together and so weirdly tense for something that yeah. shouldn't be isn't it interesting that to get nominated for awards um a, a film about some essentially black music has to be involving two white men <laughs> um I mean, yeah, you could argue that. That's probably. I am arguing that. And I'm (laughs) a drummer, so I'm allowed. And. um, (laughs) You're a drummer. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was a musical, that film. It was a a good musical. It was a, you know, classic sports movie musical. Thank you. I think Ben gave me some yeah, of that information. Yeah, it's basically a sports movie. I think it's the closest model for it. Yeah, I would say that's true, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, but, but I, I, you know, I really like that film, but the point at the end seemed to be this this question that exists over people like Simon Cowell and, and uh, people are quite harsh creatively, mm. where the, the question at the end seemed to almost go, yeah, but you know what, kid? If it gets results, it's kind of worth it well it's weird that you say that because I, I hate that i can't agree with that i someone, think the kid needs a life well someone told me the director was in an interview and he said that in his world that character oh. doesn't go on and become great he become it goes on and and, ha, and some terrible things happen it doesn't lead to greatness what he goes through obviously it doesn't show that yeah, in yeah the he film. didn't really imply that did he no. yeah i think it poses the question rather than giving the answer to be perfectly honest yeah probably I, but I felt like it gave more of an answer by making the guy quite human at the end and stuff, or by mm. by making it this where he was seeking approval and he got approval at the end, which implies that us as an audience should be glad that he's finally achieved the approval yeah, that he I, wanted. I think he begins to wonder how much that's really worth at the same time. He gets the approval, but I Maybe. think he loses respect for the guy at the very same time that mm. he gets it. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I'm not perhaps. Sure, yeah, yeah. I'm it's not just sure a shame that, that they couldn't. It's a shame they couldn't include somebody just like. Because I thought to myself, you know, great jazz, great musicians and great creative people. The really great ones have always been having fun whilst also being geniuses. And they might be screwed up and work really hard and all of that. But they, they're mm. also having fun because because fun leads to the invention. And the thing, one of the things about jazz drumming is that the rudiments of it are so tight. They're so learned and they're so specific um, that to be able to play like that, I mean, you really have to be so disciplined it's almost like um ballet or something like that you know really really uh-huh. disciplined and if someone's miserable while they're doing it they're never going to be inventive and they're never, never going to do something original they're they're just going to be uh, panicking and doing something crap anyway yeah oh, that's, um, that's good well we'll leave you there helen because i think we've, we've 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 uh we've worked you hard there <laughs> And you know, I really enjoyed your comments on Disney. And we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you on. We'll get you on again when you're free, if you're available. Look, if yeah, it wasn't yeah. going to benefit Pixar, why would they merge? <laughs> right? If it's not better now they've merged, why would they merge? Answer that. Just money. Yeah. Exactly. More money gives them more <laughs> ability, and more power. And what we're trying to say, how they're just doing exactly what they did before. Exactly. What we're saying here is Pixar you would still have know. made that film, and you regardless of Disney. None Goodbye, Howell. No. Goodbye, Arthur Darville from um, both Broadchurch and the other thing, Doctor Who. And Helen saw him in a play. <laughs> He's on next week. What play was it? Let's swimming with sharks. I saw him in Dr. Faustus. Dr. Oh. Faustus, fantastic. Yeah. Well, Dr. Dr. Arville, Dr. Adartha Arville, I can't speak anymore. Email us studio at theboxsetpod.com. If we haven't got around to your email, we will get around to it. See you next week. Thank you, Ellen. All right, see you then. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 